Yo, this is Pete Town's finest, representing the NEP. D. Stoudemire, and y'all know what we're talking about. No one's Hi, this is Evan Turner, and you're listening to Rip City Report with Joe Freeman and Casey Hodall. Keep it classy. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to another edition of the Rip City Report. I'm Joe Freeman, the Oregonian. He's Casey Holdall of Trailblazers.com. Greetings, everybody, and greetings, Joe. And uh, yeah, here we are. It's here, the regular season. Congratulations, we made it. Yeah, we we did. We're uh, we're hours away from opening night. Yeah, uh, more than twenty four, but less than forty eight. So, well, when yeah. some people listen to this, it might be twenty four. Yeah, or and less. Hopefully, hopefully, it'll be uh, everything will still be uh, current. Nothing that we will talk about now and then. Yeah, yeah. probably will be current. I mean, who knows? Who, I, this great, with, who knows? With the way things have gone lately, who who knows? Uh, the world could change exponentially in the next 24 hours for all I know. So I it, hope it doesn't. I am ready for the regular. I'm every, ready everyone for is, this. man. Everyone it is. is. I, I, we say this every year, and it's it's true. I mean, it's the preseason's too long, no matter how short or long it is. And it just drags on forever. Yeah, players are ready, coaches are ready, media is ready, fans are definitely ready. Players are sick of answering our dumb questions. We're sick of ans- asking dumb questions because there's no games to talk about. Fans are probably sick and tired of hearing prognostications about this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's just get to it. Let's jump it. All right. Um, well, he's Casey Holdall, of course. You can follow him on Twitter at Seahold. And you can read him uh, his content at blazers.com slash forward center. You can follow me on Twitter at Blazer Freeman and read mine and my colleagues' content at organlive.com slash blazers. If you review the podcast, excuse me, if you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review. Yeah. All your five star loves. Uh, we did get a few re- review or. Uh, reviews after I begged last podcast. So we're getting close to 300. Okay. And if you're not subscribing to the Rip City Report, consider doing so. Yeah. All you do is hit subscribe. Take steps. Just feeds automatically to your uh, podcast template or whatever it's called when uh, when one pops. Yeah. I I get the Rip City Report downloaded with with Bodega Boys and that's about the extent of my podcast listening. And actually, to be perfectly frank, I only re-listen to our podcast when I'm when I'm editing slash producing it. And other than that, I don't really listen to it. So I yeah. thank all of you for doing what I don't have the courage to do. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we should get straight to the news and notes. And the uh, obvious uh, first thing to talk about is is owner Paul Allen yeah. passing away on Monday from uh, complications related to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We had talked a couple weeks ago about him uh, being stricken with the cancer uh, yet again. It was the second time he had faced this one and the third time overall. And uh, it came a lot faster than I think anyone yeah. expected and I think he was a lot more sick than he led on in hindsight obviously um, and so uh, terribly sad news for uh, for a whole lot of people in a whole, whole lot of places lot on of this earth. A lot of people for yeah. all different kinds of reasons. I mean Paul Allen you know made a I mean as Terry mentioned literally changed the world obviously with with his co-founding of Microsoft and you know beyond that just all of the the different things that he was interested in from obviously sports teams to music to science particularly a lot of neurological research uh searching for sunken treasure in the world going on safari trying to you know save elephants like paul allen did a whole lot of whole lot of different things and i know obviously there's <laughs> you know 
billionaires uh, get, get a bad rap, and you know, a lot of times justifiably so. But um, Paul Allen did a lot of really good stuff with with the money he had and the time he had on this earth, and uh, uh, we're we're worse off for him being gone. There's there's no doubt about it. Yeah, he was a man who who never married, a man who didn't have children, but I believe his legacy will be left behind in uh, in countless ways yeah. uh, through the charitable work he did through all the research he's funded uh i know he along with bill in the bill gates initiative fears go pledged i think to give like half of his uh wealth away or something like that and so uh you know and and that just touches on that stuff obviously basketball might not be here still if not for him football certainly wouldn't be in seattle yeah. not for the, him this and, building that we're recording this podcast in right now 100 percent would not be here without paul allen that so, is a guarantee and that was one thing that kind of uh i think stood out in in the people that i spoke with over the last 48 hours is just like um he left his legacy in a lot of different ways and and whenever he talked about wanting to do something it wasn't uh you know i think chris mcgowan blazers president said this it was like no, we're not just going to do a music festival. We're going to have the best music yeah. festival. If if whatever it is that he wanted to do, if I don't just want a museum. I want the best museum. And so whatever endeavor that he chose to tackle, he tried his best to, to do it the best. And, um, you know, it, it was funny talking to different people. He had his – he was intimately involved and had his fingerprint on every aspect of the organization. Yeah. Like he realized there wasn't a kids – a place for kids to play in the arena. He said – Hey guys, let's get a kid zone here in the building. He was would often uh, he made input on uniform changes. He had input on the broadcast. Uh, he was food a, options in the arena, yeah, entertainment down, options, yeah. ticketing. I our Trailblazers digital kind of properties would not be the same if they even existed without Paul Allen. Obviously, not obviously. Paul Allen, as I think people have have heard since his passing. Uh, basically started ESPN.com. Yeah, that was uh, that, awesome. Yeah, no, I, which I knew, but I kind of forgot about. Uh, and I, that also speaks to what we've been allowed to do with the Trailblazers in terms of content. Um, you know, we we we've pushed a lot of boundaries, and we've we've gotten complaints for it. Um, but and the only way you can do that is when you have ownership that is willing to back you up to be exactly to back to back you up. And 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 Paul Allen did that uh, on countless times. Uh, and and one thing I was thinking about this today too about about Paul's legacy, particularly with the Trailblazers. Obviously, this is a Trailblazer podcast. Um, you know, it would have been it would have behooved Paul to to get the NBA to a point where you were allowed to spend as much money as you want. You know, like that would have Paul was the richest owner in the NBA. That would have been beneficial for him, but. I think Paul Allen knew that like that that wasn't sustainable for Portland going forward, you know, like that that wasn't going to work when Paul Allen was gone. And so he was an advocate for the small market teams and revenue sharing. Like revenue sharing probably doesn't happen without Paul Allen. And this building obviously isn't here without Paul Allen and and having one entity together uh so you're not necessarily getting pitted one against the other I think is really important. Uh and in in terms of of you know Putting the expense out there and 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 knowing that long term it would be better, even if it might have been worse for Paul Allen's competitive nature, to have a sustainable franchise. You know, like and I, I know that people get bummed out when you know they change the name of the arena from the Rose Garden to the Moda Center, and when they put jersey patches on on the jerseys, or when you know it seems like there there's a lot of different marketing elements involved in, in a lot of different parts of the organization. And I understand that, but the fact of the matter is is without 
a healthy organization that can sustain on its own, it would not be here in Portland. And now that Paul is gone and those resources are gone, the organization is left having to actually run like a business, which it has been doing since Chris McGowan and his staff came in. And I think, I, I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. And I think Paul deserves a lot of credit for that as well, because again, if it was just spending Paul Allen's money and all of a sudden Paul passes away, this organization is in a bad place. It is not in a bad place now. It is it. I mean, there's reports that it's profitable or if it's losing money, it's not losing a lot of money. Uh, It's obviously considered a very well-run organization in the NBA. And that is going to, and that puts the team on a good footing going forward, even without Paul and as unfortunate as it is without Paul. And it will be different. Like it just, it's going to be. But he at least got it to a point where it could thrive on its own in a city like Portland. Yeah, and the one thing uh, in talking with people uh, just about him since he he left us is that stuck out to me, and I wrote about this yesterday. Which, by the way, I wanted to mention too. I thought what you wrote about Paul was the best thing that anyone wrote about. Oh wow, that's super nice. Thank you. I I almost texted you, but I figured I just I just tell you. Thanks, Casey. I I thought your story was fantastic, and it it, uh, you get that twins that you always get when you when you're in this business that you see someone else do something, you're like, God damn. <laughs> I wish that I wish I would have written that. So Thanks, kudos man. to you, Joe. I thought very it was nice. Um, just like the whole premise that I sort of wanted to lay out was that he had this passion for the for the Blazers, and he had like we've talked about, he had his hand in so many cookie jars, and his interests were so widespread from the arts to music to culture to to his charitable endeavors. But his ultimate passion, his first passion was the Blazers. And I think his last passion was the Blazers. And you saw that in so many ways. And, you know, I I led my story off with this, uh, this note and we've talked about it on the podcast but the the way that i think it shows his passion more than anything and his considerable wealth is uh our first year or my first year i think it was your first year with the blazers our first year uh there was a random preseason game in redmond oregon uh nobody wanted to go it was the last preseason game of the exhibition season denver just a throwaway game um paul allen this was way before all exhibition games were broadcast on TV or you could get on your laptop and watch it and all that stuff. He sent his own private, it was like, I think it was six or seven people of his own private television broadcast crew to the game to record the game and air it live to him on his yacht outside Africa so he could watch it on his boat on his vacation. It just shows you his passion and his dedication and his love for the team. And I think that came across, um, you know, People in his position often get criticized for the moves they make because I think running a professional sports team lends itself to criticism. It does. You absolutely. can't you can't make everyone happy. Nobody wins every game and certainly nobody wins the championship every year. And That's, and that criticism is oftentimes warranted. Sure. Sure. Like, it's not like it's it's not it's it, it is valid. One hundred percent. It's not like it's unfounded sometimes. I just am happy that in these moments after his death that People have almost universally focused on everything he did yeah. and what he left behind and the positive because that doesn't always happen. And I know there's probably some fans who, who don't feel this way or aren't thinking about it in that terms. But I think the reaction universally has been this is terrible news. It's terrible for all the, the things that he uh, you know was involved with. Uh, and it will be uh, it will leave a negative mark moving forward that he's no longer here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it was really – I thought people pointing out, even the people who have criticized Paul and the Trailblazers and ownership, that you know, even 
just the worst things that they might have ever done. The team is still, or the city, and both Portland, Seattle have been incredibly lucky to have Paul Allen associated with with not only the sports scenes but just the city in general. And, and I think that's that again speaks to to kind of who he was as a person. That you know, yeah, people might not like the moves he made, might not even like some of the the decisions that he made. You know, outside of of sports, but you knew that that it was generally a not generally overwhelmingly a positive thing to have to have Paul Allen involved. Uh, a couple of things too. One of the things that always just as someone who grew up in the area too, like Paul Allen went to Washington State. You know, like Paul Allen didn't go to Stanford. He didn't go to Harvard. Yeah, he didn't yeah. go to Yale. Yeah. Like he went to Washington State. He had his dad was a librarian. His mom was a school teacher. Like he he had he got a perfect SAT score. Like this is not the kind of guy who you expect is going to be in Take love over with the sports. World. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's like you you kind of think of like the tech guys out sure, there, and sure. usually, you know, it's a if you were going to be trading in stereotypes about you know <laughs> about Paul Allen as a as a young man, you know, you would you would say you know he was probably kind of a nerd, yeah, but like he had these interests that were like. Yeah, maybe maybe I I'm not an athletic guy. Like I I my interest was way more into into kind of the world around me rather than sports, but like it was still something that he loved. His mother loved the team, you know? Like and I I think it just speaks to kind of the way that people are in this area, uh in the in the Pacific Northwest that you know, we do have a lot of varying kind of interests, mm-hmm. but like we're not we're we're not so so kind of full of ourselves or pretentious that we can't enjoy you know a basketball game or a football game or you know a, a concert or, or 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 movies and Star Wars and sci-fi stuff like uh, they have at the at the uh, the museum in in Seattle. So um, just a, an amazing life gone way too soon and and yeah, I mean I don't, I don't know if there are a whole lot of answers just yet about kind What's of what next? the next step is, but again, like it. Things are going to change. Like I, I mean, I, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn by saying that, but it's there is going to be an impact. Yeah, it's not clear. Uh, obviously, who's who's going to take the reins of this organization? Uh, they have to sort out his estate. Uh, that's for the lawyers and the family and people involved in that. Uh, I've been told that uh, in you know with authority that. There is a plan in place. It's it's under lock and key, but there is some sort of transition uh, that he laid out his what he wanted for the organization. Um, obviously, this is not his first uh, was not his first health scare. Yeah. So you would think that you know certainly with the one that flared up, uh, what was it like eight years ago I or think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, eight or nine that they would uh, that he would have had something in the works there, but you know with with no heirs with no wife or or, or no children um that leaves a lot in question and it it seems to me that at some point it it's very possible if not likely that the team will be sold to just a new owner and um we'll have to see how that works out and and what's up with that and we don't even know that though that's what's so curious yeah. is it's all really speculation at this point but uh the one thing that i think is a little ridiculous is the notion that this team is now ready to move like i i don't know where that comes you from know, and it, where that's that... just par- and and actually I, and i want to say too i have been heartened by how little of that i've seen mm-hmm. actually um because it's that's always a specter especially when you know you have the moto center which you know is a very nice building but it's getting on in age it's almost 25 years old exactly you've got you know the situation in seattle where where they're moving forward trying to 
to get their ducks in order to get an NBA team back there when the opportunity arises. So, like, I, I get, like, the, just the general notion of it. But, I, I again, like, I, I've been pleasantly surprised that I, I really haven't seen a whole lot of, like, well, they're going to... The, the people who were already like, ooh, they might move to Seattle were already the people that were saying they yeah. were conspiracy theorizing that they were going to move to Seattle. So, kudos to, to the broad general public and, and not kind of trucking in that in that uh, that narrative. Well, uh, I think uh, in honor of Paul, we should move on and talk about a little basketball. Yeah. Since yeah. that's what he seemed to love I like most. to think that Paul listened to the Rip City Report. I bet he, I bet I, he chimed I, in a couple times. Yeah. Savvy tech guy. Absolutely. He followed I mean, us know, on and, Twitter. And he consumed a lot, of, a lot of media, too. So yeah. I like to think that maybe, uh, maybe Paul listened to one or two of these Rip City Reports, and maybe he didn't hate them. There you go. A uh, couple more news and notes, and then and then we'll get into uh, a little more discussion uh, about opening night. Got the Lakers coming up. Uh, kind of give a little bit of our best case, worst case on how this season might play out. Your Walton and Odin's, and of course your questions. Uh, but the Blazers do open the regular season Thursday night against LeBron James and the Lakers at the Moda Center. It's going to be an absolute zoo. Tip off is at seven thirty on TNT. Mo Harkless listed himself as probable earlier today at practice for said opener. He said he's preparing as if he will play, and if he does, he will be limited to 20 minutes or less. Of course, Mo Harkless, of course, the Blazers starting small forward missed all five preseason games with uh, with left knee soreness stemming from his surgery last March. Last note, the Blazers picked up their third-year team options on Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan, guaranteeing the Blazers... Second year forwards will remain in Portland. Excuse me, second year big men will remain in Portland through the 2019-20 season. Uh, before we talk a little bit more about opening night and uh, other topics, I'd like to tell you again about our good friends at Tough Luck. You can and you should watch every Blazers game at Tough Luck. It's one of our favorite neighborhood bars. In fact, our favorite one on Northeast Deacon. From tip-off to the final whistle, you can enjoy the new Rip City Red Hot sandwich at any micro and any micro beer on draft for 10 bucks i repeat rip city red hot sandwich and any micro beer on draft 10 bucks what a steal nice job with that by the way too thanks trying to trying to bring it in in honor of your spice uh, yeah bringing the spice now what is that red rip city red hot sandwich you ask it's a spicy fried chicken sandwich served cold also, for our vegetarian listeners, you can sub in a house-made veggie burger in lieu of that delicious-sounding fried chicken sandwich. Shout out to cold fried chicken sandwiches too, by the way. I, I I had someone be like, "Cold fried chicken sandwich," and I understand that like that's a little different than the norm. But I, I think for a sandwich, I think cold fried chicken better than hot fried. Delicious. Chicken. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. It, it's it's easier to eat. Mm-hmm. You get more flavor. Uh, you still don't lose some of that crunch. So yeah, no. Uh, Cold, cold fried chicken for the win. Cold, hot, I won't discriminate. Bring it all That's on. That's true. It, it, I mean, it's fried chicken. It's delicious. <laughs> so, opening night, Los Angeles. The circus comes to town. Blazers, three-point favorite heading into the affair, according to Westgate. What do you think? What, what do you, what, how's how's yeah. this going to pan out? What's, what's, what are your thoughts? That's, uh, I can't remember an opener where I had less idea of what was going to happen. Uh, I mean, like, how, you can't. You can't plan for the Lakers. I mean, you, you can watch their, their preseason tape, but, I mean, preseason tape is preseason tape. It's basically outside of of uh, Ball, Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram. It's quite literal. Well, not quite. It, it's very much a different team. Obviously, LeBron James changes 
every single thing that that you do with your team. Uh, supposedly they're going to try to run more, but besides that, like who knows what to expect? Yes, he's Lakers. been playing center. Yeah, which makes sense too. I mean, you know, he again, LeBron can do whatever he wants, man. Mm-hmm. That, that guy is he's on a level that that few, if any, have have ever have ever reached. So, you think he'll own a team one day? I think that's a real good possibility, actually. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, on one hand, like the amount of money you need to own a team is I, I don't extraordinary. It's it's a whole lot, particularly now. Um, the Blazers it, are valued at between one and one point three billion. Yeah, put which, that into uh, your I hope coffers. I hope that's true. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a guy I could see doing that. Obviously, I mean, he's the only guy who's on that MJ level, you know, and. I think that LeBron's got more people kind of with him than than Michael Jordan ever had. So if that is something he wanted to do, I think he could probably he probably wouldn't necessarily have to have to you know write a check for one point three billion dollars. He could probably get a group together. So uh, I definitely could see that that happening. Um, probably not the Lakers because you figure the Bus family's going to want to yeah hold on to that. But long story short, yeah, I mean the. The NBA is going to want to have LeBron around for a long time, and and I think that's a good idea. Don't you uh, kind of feel the spectacle of everything? Los Angeles first, or excuse me, LeBron's first game in L.A. Opening night, TNT. Isn't it just right for the taking for the Lakers? The Blazers have won seventeen home openers in a row. They beat the Lakers. Is it fifteen times in a row? Uh, I have it right here. Twelve. Yes, it is fifteen, 15. times. This would be sixteen if they were to get the. Opener. So that's some. Those are some significant streaks that that are up in the air. And, and I think they've. Beaten LeBron hasn't won in Portland. I think the last five oh, seasons. Yeah? I remember I looked that up when they when they first announced the uh, the uh, the openers. And granted, that I think part of that was because he didn't play a game that Miami won. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to to his days in Miami, obviously, because he plays once. And I think he sat out a game too. So it's a it's a little squishy. Not to but. mention the snow game against Cleveland. When and none of that them as even well. tried. <laughs> well, but hey, we, we were the try. ones. They were at least got to sleep in in Portland the night before. We were the ones that were on the road, but. Uh, you know, I, I think it kind of cuts both ways. I, I think that uh, it's the first game with LeBron. If, if the game was in Los Angeles, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say write that down as a Laker Laker win. That's they're they're not going to lose there. But uh, the fact that it's in Portland, uh, the fact that the Blazers have do have that streak, both streaks, uh, I, I would imagine that the Blazers are probably a little sick of hearing about the Lakers opener. Also, I'm sick of hearing about also it. Also, including the Portland Trail Blazers. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the Moda Center, particularly for Laker games or any big game, is always a great atmosphere, even though there obviously are going to be some quite a few Laker fans in the house. Over and under 5,000 Laker fans. Uh, so that would, be a, that would be a quarter. I'm going to go under. Under? That, uh, I mean, I, I think that's that's a pretty good guess, I think, but... But saying a, a quarter of the arena is going to be Laker fans, I, I'd have to go. I'd have to take the under. I'd give you. I'd maybe give you twenty percent. But I don't season think ticket holder. If you're a season ticket holder, do you sell out? Do you sell your ticket for as much money as you can make to pay for the majority? I, I am of your on season record tickets? of saying that I I think whatever season ticket holders do is perfectly valid. That is that is decision for every ticket holder to make on their own. They in pay your, for those tickets. In your case, they're their tickets. If you were the season ticket if holder, it was me. I'm not selling that ticket oh. because again, like this is it's a moment. This is you the reason why you have season tickets. Great you point. Know? Like, like Great for point. the games that are big and are hard to get to, like mm-hmm. that's the whole point. And, yeah. and I understand the other option too of hey, if I sell my tickets to this one, I can I can get back you know a significant amount of money that I'm spending on tickets this year. I completely understand that, and I wouldn't fault a single person for doing that. That is not what I would do. I, I feel like again, if you're a fan and you want to see the the best games. 
opening night versus the Lakers versus LeBron. Like, that's uh, historic is, I feel like, too strong of a word, but it's that's it's historic. that's something yeah. something other than just your typical opener. And you also add into it, obviously, the passing of Mr. Allen. Like, I don't know. I This is a game to me where, like, if, I, if I'm a Blazer fan, I don't want to miss this game. And granted, I might not pay... $450 to sit in the 100 level for this game because I obviously know that people have, you know, life's expensive and, and a lot of people are struggling as well. And so I, I, I mean, I wouldn't ever put that on anyone, but if I was already had, if I had the ticket, you're I, there. I'm not giving it to your butts else. in that seat. I'm going. Yeah. It's one of those ones where you're, uh, you're legit excited for. Yeah. Even in our, uh, grumpy, uh, whatever the, what is it called when you've uh, Jaden. pardon Jaden? Yeah. Sure, all of that. Even in our state, I'm excited. It's going to be exciting as as that game nears. It will be uh, or tip off nears. I'll be genuinely uh, anxious to see yeah. what's going to happen. I am dreading everything leading up to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm really excited for once that ball <laughs> tips yeah. off. Uh, just from again the the passing of Mr. Allen and and just kind of the pressures that that's. I mean, one, it's sad, and we're all in mourning as an organization. Two, it. I mean, it. Opening nights are already a big deal as it is, and it it obviously heightens the importance of it for the team. Um, there's a lot of stuff to have to try to get done in a short amount of time. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a it's a big one, you know. And and I just think that, you know, all that stuff going forward. And I mean, you were practice today, as was I, Joe. There there must have been almost as many people from Los Angeles at our practice today as there were from Portland, and there were definitely more people. At practice today from Los Angeles, then we came to practice on Monday. You know, mm-hmm. period from Portland or otherwise. So it's going to be a packed house. I know that that even credentials have been difficult for for people to to get for I mean people that are that are working in media. So uh, it's going to be packed, both for the fans, both for the media. Obviously, TNT games always bring a, a different Element, set of issues, you know. um, both in terms of you know timing and and just the whole run of show. Uh, it's the first game, so I mean, like, there's always kinks that got to get worked out. Like, it's there. There's there's a lot to do in the time that we have left before the game, and we're not even going to get to all of it. So that that for me is rather anxiety-inducing. I haven't slept well for the past couple nights, uh, and that that might have been the case even if Mr. Allen didn't pass, but obviously that that added another element to it. So, yeah, I, I really want to get to that game and, and get it tipped and uh, and and go from there. It, suddenly I'm reminded that uh, my my season credential was – there was a me- – uh, I was part of the group that it was messed up, like it's the wrong name or the wrong face or whatever, so they didn't give it to me. And – I still have not received my credential. And different security protocols this and, year as well. Uh, and- that security lady who mans the media room <laughs> is like, it's like her life's goal to mess with me. Like, she w- wants me to walk by I'm, so I, she can just flip me shade. I'm like, dude, I've been, this is my 12th season. Like, if I'm not to be trusted now, then I'm just not to be trusted. And yes, my badge is right here around my neck. See, I, and one thing I'll say, Joe, she's at least an equal opportunity hater. Like, I, I, I work for the team. I have my new badge. I have all access pass, uh, light flex for for your boy there. And she still wants to. She wants to see my badge every single time I go by. So, so at least. At least it's not specific to you, Joe. I thought we came, she and I, to an understanding last year when 
after several times she asked me for my credential as I walked in the media room, and I eventually was like, you do remember me, right? <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, I, I was like, you can continue to ask. This, yeah, we've gone through this song and dance before. Um, so she – and last time – uh, the last preseason game after she had messed with me for three or four games, I guess it was three because there were three home games, she uh, at one point all and out said, yeah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> well, good. I mean, that, and, you know, to be frank, that is the job. You know, like you are supposed to check every single time. Yeah. So, and, 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 and since we're complaining about us too, which are, they're, they're very nice people. Uh, but shout out to Glenn. Shout out to Dio. Shout out yeah. to D. Shout out to Sean. Uh, that's always one of my favorite things about the season coming back to is is all the people that work in the arena that you get to know that you know you don't see outside of the arena. Um, you know we have relationships with them, and I and I, I like those people a great deal. So it's always nice to see them as well. All very nice people. Um, okay, uh, I had another thing that I thought I'd bring up. It's, it was actually a question from Paul who asked, "What are your best case, worst case scenarios for how the Blazers' season plays out?" And I thought. It might just be something we should banter yeah, about a little bit. Absolutely. I, you know, off the top of my head, I feel like uh, best case is, you know, this team gets home court advantage in the playoffs again, and uh, they catch fire at the right time. They get a good draw, and they uh, at least, I would say the Western Conference Finals, may, at least the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, if, I, if, if we're I going think, like best case, yeah, I think you got to – you got to shoot at least a little case, higher. Yeah. If I'm going absolute best case, then it's Western Conference Finals. I don't. I don't think they beat the Warriors. No. I don't. I don't think anybody no. thinks that. I think taking that step would would be the absolute best case for them. Uh, worst case scenario, they endure a lot of injuries. They underachieve. Uh, their defense takes a step back. Um, second unit supposed to be a new strength doesn't pan out. It's more of the same inconsistent team. They miss the playoffs, and there's wholesale changes, yeah. especially with all the ownership issues and now plaguing. Well, yeah, exactly. so worst case scenario is it's a drastically all of that happens, and uh, I don't want to say things get blown up, but they get blown up. Yeah, worst case, uh, or I'll do best case first. I would say fifty wins for me is about a is about a best case fifty fifty two for the Blazers, and I think and I think third third seed in the West is about the best case. Uh, I think they could probably expect to do with both the Golden State Warriors. Though Golden State look, again, they're going to have to deal with the whole like sleepwalking through the entire season. You could even see it last night in the opener that I mean they put a, get up a big lead and just kind of do whatever. Yeah, Thunder come back and uh, they end up winning the game, obviously, but not. You you could already see kind of some of the signs of like this, this is a team that that knows that it's a long season they probably don't have to worry about anything for another five months at least. Uh, so I, I think obviously Portland being third is is about the best that they could expect. I would agree. Getting to the Western Conference Finals I, I think is would be about my best case without a significant trade or other teams having significant injuries. If you want to get specific, I feel like. You know, best case scenario, Damian is you know an MVP candidate. Uh, CJ has a much better season than he has last year in, in terms of both scoring and and kind of running the offense when he's when he's on that. Nurkic reverts back to the guy we saw for those first twenty games in Portland and becomes you know the 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 third cog in the in the larger machine that that gets Portland kind of going somewhere. You catch uh, the fever before exactly. 
Uh, I can't believe Mo you Harkless didn't. turns in a really good season. I think that that gets you to the best case. I that, can't believe you didn't work up. weave in some type of he makes X amount of three pointers or something. Well, yeah, I mean, best case well. if if Nurkic you know shoots forty percent from the three on two possession or on two attempts a, a, a game, then yeah, that's that's going to go a whole long ways towards helping the Portland Trailblazers get to that best case scenario. Do we ever uh, solidify a bet? I don't think we have yet. There was talk last time about about not necessarily doubling or nothing the bet from last year, but but having a similar. Yeah, bet. I'm open to suggestions. If you've got one, what was it? One a game last year? It was 80? one. It was one attempt a game. I think was my was my line. You want to go one point five? Sure. All right. Yusuf Nurkic one point five three point attempts. Per yeah. game. So that's uh, let me pull out the handy calculator. I will so get my calculator to forty. So hundred eighty-two times one point five is one twenty-three. Man, look at that math, your boy. Mama ain't raised no hundred twenty-three three-point attempts. I mean, <laughs> there's no way that's gonna happen. It so do you want to take it? No, let's let's let's. Let's let's set it for right now. You know we could no. Let's do. Let's be sensible about well, this. Let, let's see how. Let, uh, let's do this. Let's uh. Let's see how these first two games go, and then let's let's revisit. Okay. And if it's so, if if Yusuf takes one per game these next two games, I say we let it ride. If he doesn't shoot a single one, then you know it becomes a situation with the bet last year, which is that it's a. It's just it's fun. A, it's a laugher it's within fun. three weeks of the season. It was so. fun for me. It was fun. I'm glad, and I still haven't paid up too. So double or nothing would make sense because I still haven't. Boy, what would double or nothing be like? Uh, we're just going to go out on a date or something? Yeah, though I, I think you should also have the option of converting that to like a Joe and Alana thing. Oh or, wow! Or, I mean, like it, the the fact of like including me in it also doesn't seem exactly fair to you because hmm. you still have to spend time with me. Which well, I enjoy spending I time mean, with you. That's not really a, much of a of a winning for a bet. So. But to get back to the uh, Trailblazers' best case, worst case, worst case yeah, uh, Damian, CJ, or both go through some kind of significant injury that causes them to miss a significant amount of time. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic struggles offensively, as he did for the majority of the season last year. Uh, Mo Harkless continues to have knee issues throughout the entire season or is kind of in and out of the, the lineup. As you mentioned, yes, the the second unit with Evan Turner and, and Seth Curry and Nick Stauskas just doesn't really jibe and that that doesn't work and the Blazers missed the playoffs and finish 13th in the Western Conference there you go uh should we get to Walton or Odin's yeah let's do it. Walton or Odin first up from Andrew Tice Walton or Odin Bill Simmons trade rumor of Lonzo and KCP for Damian will be the worst trade rumor of the year Pretty bad. That's uh, pretty bad, but that's a that's a real high bar to clear, though. Uh, Isn't that just him kind of trolling Blazers fans? I, yeah, it is. And that's I mean, I, I, and I think fans even know that too. Like they don't even take that seriously. Where did did he say it on his podcast or something? I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then Zach Lowe also made some kind of mention about I, it was just about trading Damian or CJ, and I, he might have mentioned the Lakers. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, no, it's. I mean, basically, what that is, that's a Damian Lillard for Lonzo Ball trade, which, I mean, like, I think Lonzo Ball's an, a nice player. I think he's going to be a good player, but eh. Damian Lillard just won first team All NBA, making him the third Trailblazer ever to do that. And yes, he got helped by some injuries to other guys, but 
he was still first team All NBA. Like that's there. There's no two ways about. Yeah, that. and also like if you're the Blazers and you really get to this level, which I think would be a grave mistake that you're going to trade your franchise cornerstone. Are you really going to trade it to the Lakers? That would make zero like, sense. It, all yeah. of it doesn't make sense. So. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, Andrew. I'm going to Walton that. It's going to be the worst trade rumor of the year. I'm going to Odin it just because some trades are so stupid that, I mean, like, I'm guessing that one at least works from a salary standpoint, so I guess I got to give it that. Uh, but, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Also, I do question the legitimacy of it being a quote-unquote rumor because it's just some guy throwing out. And that's the, the other thing, too. Yeah, that is not a rumor. Yeah. That is just an idea. Yeah. Ideas, and, I mean, granted, there are some people that will float rumors that are nothing more than ideas, but that is literally just a, what, what about this? Yeah. And that, I mean, that again, that's... Why, as as Neil O'Shea aptly put it, I mean, like, it's great that LeBron likes Damian Lillard, but he doesn't get to just trade for our players, so, no. Next up from Sloop John Bevins. Walton or Odin, Damian Lillard finishes the season in the top three in scoring. I'm going to Odin that. Top three in scoring. Yeah. Hmm. He's, he's regularly in the top ten. Um, I think that's... Uh, that's common, uh, but top three, man, that's that's a tough bar to climb. Yeah. And he also has a backcourt mate who is a prolific scorer, obviously, who uh, I'm not going to say takes points away from him because that's not at all what it is, but he's someone who you know gets a lot of attention. You've got guys like Anthony Davis and James Harden and LeBron James uh, all there. You know, though, uh, the more I looked this up, Dame did finish tied for four, or fourth in scoring last year, so it's not that outlandish. It would require him to score last year. It would have been 27 and a half points is what LeBron scored, and he finished third. Um, I actually think the Blazers are better when Dame scores a lot but doesn't have to score 50. You know, when more people are doing more in general, including the scoring be is, is distributed out uh, among different guys there, from the offense to the chemistry to the just – when they're at their best, more guys are doing more. So I'm going to say if I was a Blazers fan, which I'm not, I would want him to score less and not be in the top three. Yeah, that that was my first takeaway was that if Damian is third in scoring, that's probably not great news for the 2017-18 Portland Trailblazers as a team because it, they do need more balanced scoring. That's what we saw last season in the playoffs is they weren't balanced and they paid for it. They, I mean, obviously, I, I think Damian when he decides he wants to, can take over games. And that's what we saw last year for whatever that was, a month, month and a half, when they went on that run, when Damian was just like, it literally felt like Damian could just will the team to a victory. That It's great to have a guy that can do that. Uh, you don't necessarily want to have to have a guy do that. In fact, you don't want to have to have a guy do that. So I am also going to Odin that. Uh, I think that he's going to be top eight, but... I think if the Blazers are a good team this year, you know, Damian's scoring might actually drop a little bit. Next up, where am I at? Michael J. Bray, Walner Odin, Yusuf Nurkic averages a double-double this year. For context, last season, Yusuf Nurkic averaged, that's a per, that's not points, 14.3 points and 7.6 rebounds. No, 14.3 points and nine rebounds. I'm going to say, yeah, he averages a double-double. Yeah, I think that that's a that's an easy Walton yeah, for me. Me too. I, I, I think if if Yusuf has his head on straight from from game one, which I, I think he does, 
I, I, I think he should average a triple double, and I guess it would triple say, double. Or excuse me, <laughs> not triple double. I I'm did not mean triple bet. double. I am he in is on not that Mason one. Plumley. Uh, if he averages a double double, I think, or I think he should be able to average a double double somewhat easily. Yeah, and it's obviously it's the rebounding uh, that would that has held him back, and he's right on the fringe. And uh, what we saw last year when he actually got good again was that he was rebounding at a, a prolific rate and I think quite frankly I think he's going to clear 10 rebounds uh, easily I, I don't think that's going to be a hurdle for him anymore. and especially too if he's able to get up to about 30 minutes a, a night which is what they want to get yeah that was to. the other point and that, yeah. I mean I think he, he was like 27 26 so if they if he's got three more minutes to get whatever one and a half more rebounds by gum he should do that next up from John Woods Walton or Odin Damian Lillard outscores LeBron James in the season opener ooh hmm. I'm going to Odin that. I think LeBron's going to have a big night. I agree. I would Odin it as well. I think LeBron's going to want to go out and, uh, you know, plant his flag as uh, as Los Angeles LeBron. And... and I don't think the Blazers have an answer for LeBron. Well, nobody no, does. No, they yeah. don't. <laughs> but, like, Moe's hobbled. You know, Aminu's, uh, I, I asked him today if he expected to guard LeBron, and he said, yeah, a lot. Uh, I, the Blazers in particular don't have... Evan Turner, I mean, Evan is he gonna, I, I guess he's kind of yeah. got some the thickness to handle it, but I mean, they're lanky forwards. Uh, LeBron's just so big, and I mean, for for a guy with so much skill to be such a beast is granted. Again, there's no one that really has an answer for him, but when uh, this team in particular, I don't. Uh, maybe it's the whole you let him get his and stop everybody else is is a tactic you take, but. For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna Odin this. Yeah, I will Odin as well. I think you try to make it hard on LeBron as much as you can, um, and I just don't think you can just just write him off and say, yeah, LeBron, do whatever you want, because LeBron is the kind of guy too where he can damn near beat you on his own as well. So like you say, yeah, let LeBron go off. He'll go out and get fifty, and and you'll be in a world of hurt if anyone else does anything. So uh, yeah, I, I would imagine LeBron will probably lead the uh, the game in scoring. I would not be surprised if LeBron put up a triple double uh, in that Ooh. opener. Um, but I do think the Blazers are going to get the win. Like, mm. I, and I, I would hope that people on this podcast would know that I'm not necessarily the most optimistic person when it comes to <laughs> Portland's chances, typically. So, uh, so I hope that doesn't come off as as BS because I, I really do think they get, they're going to get it tomorrow. Next up from Nathan Wagner, Walton or Odin, the Blazers will go 12 and eight or better over the first 20 games. I have to be honest and say that I have not looked at the Blazers' schedule through 20 games. 20. Okay, now, now I know where the 20 goes to. Uh, 20 would be the Los Angeles Clipper game on November 25th. Uh, so let's see. So, one. Boy, I don't know. 12, 12 and 8. eight. I'm Clip- going to. Clippers boy. game on the on the 8th, you said? Uh, no, on, no the on the on the twenty fifth. Oh, so yeah, 25th. basically to Thanksgiving. So one, two. Boy, that's a three. tough schedule they have, huh? I'm, I'm trying to count the games where I feel like those are like guaranteed wins and losses. At Orlando's um, a win. I man, think they never play well in Orlando. I know, but I think at Orlando's a win, and we're going to be there early, early too. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah. everyone will be acclimated. I think so. Washington at home's a win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think San Antonio at home's a win. 
So that's starting three and one. Yeah. But then at Miami, they never play well there. Indiana at Indiana, that's a tough one. At Houston's tough. So next thing you know, you're back to 500. That's a big game against New Orleans on November 1st. Yeah. That'll be fun. And then the Lakers again. Golden State, Minnesota, yeah, Milwaukee. I think you're looking at more like ten and ten. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. Odin I'm gonna that. Odin that. Yeah, two Odins. All right. Next up from Cliff, Walton or Odin, Mo Harkless will average double digits in scoring this season. I'm gonna uh, Odin that. Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could Walton it. Um, it's hard for me to to uh, make any predictions with him right now because I don't really know the state of, of his of his health. So, uh, and it's certainly difficult for me in light of that to make an optimistic prediction. Um, I think that the Blazers' scoring will increase from a variety of players, and I, I think his will go up if, if he's healthy. But I don't think he gets to double digits. So I'm gonna I'm gonna own that. So he he's only he's only averaged double digits once in his career. Uh, it was 2016-17, his second year with the Trailblazers. He played 77 games. He started 69 games and averaged 10.0 points. Uh, so just just clearing the bar. On fifty uh, percent shooting from the field, which and I mean, forget the forget the points. If he shoots fifty percent from the field, that's that's what Portland needs, and thirty five percent from three. So, he well, has and that's done actually that's a bigger point. Is like it actually doesn't matter. He doesn't need to score double digits. It's not really what is required or, or what the Blazers need from him to win. They need him to play defense. They need him to you know charge and, and get those offensive rebounds and. Um, you know, just kind of do all the cliche dirty work. Uh, you know, he's kind of that another cliche glue guy that helps you win, but doesn't necessarily do it in a in a prolific manner, like yeah. or, or an outwardly manner. So, um, I so, he, he runs yeah. the floor. Well, I, I, again, I I think this is a good I'm, question though. Like it is question. a good question. Uh, I'm gonna own it though. I'm gonna I'm gonna Walton it for for this reason. Uh, Mo Harkless has talked to DMX on the phone a couple times in the past couple months. There you go. So there you go. And he says he talks exactly like DMX raps. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd so like to record go. that conversation. Next up from Taylor Reynolds. Uh, Taylor, I sort of uh, altered your question. It was an over-under. Shout out for sending in an over-under. Yes, but I thank you. kind of tweaked it to fit in the Walton or Odin section. So Walton or Odin, the Blazers will have at least three players scoring double figures in the season opener. I'm going to Walton that. Three players scoring double figures in the season opener. His over-under was three and a half, which means... Right, so four. Yeah, yeah so I guess four would have been the more correct Well, one. I was the one that said that, too. That yeah. was my fault. Also, I'll even Walton four. I think that the scoring is going to be... Uh, you've got your two main guys. I think Nurkic will hit double figures. Yeah. And then I think you've got someone like an Evan Turner or a... Uh, or a Seth Curry, or or someone who will who will pop in that. There's always a threat for Alvaruk Aminu to score 14. You know, hit a couple threes. So I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Walton at at four. In fact, yeah, I would agree. And I, I, I think you you laid it out perfectly, Joe. I think uh, the guys are gonna do what they're gonna do, and there's gonna be one more guy. And uh, yeah, maybe it's Mo, maybe it's Evan, maybe it's Seth Curry has a mm. has a strong shooting night. We'll see. Uh, what we also hope to see you at the Old Gold 7th Anniversary Party on Saturday, October 27th. Uh, All-day party featuring an exhausting number of fun things, including the debut of their exclusive Elijah Craig Single Barrel Bourbon, which was selected by the staff in Kentucky. The staff of the Old Gold, that is, in Kentucky. Uh, the unveiling of three collaboration beers, the Magnificent 7 IPA, which they made with Ex Novo Brewing, the Barrel-Aged Buffalo Trace Capella Porter, which they did with Elliptical, and the Barrel-Aged Old Weller Winter Warmer by Backwoods Brewing. Uh, there will also be Espelon te- uh, tequila specials, which I've never had before. Yeah, me neither. Is that, uh, es- 
Espelon? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've never had it. I bet it's good. I'm in. Food specials, fun prizes, 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 and more prizes once again. That is the Old Gold 7th Anniversary Party, October 27th at the Old Gold on Killingsworth in North Portland. All right. Now let's get to your questions. As always, we solicit them on Twitter, usually the morning we record, sometimes the night before. Depends on how our fancies are tickled. If it's a time when I feel like we're going to get a good amount of questions, I usually wait till the morning just to kind of keep them together. If it's a time when, you know, maybe interest is waning a little bit, maybe people are kind of tuning out, I, I put it up the night before and right. make sure we get enough. We that's that's my are. thought process. Gotcha. So. You guys are always great about sending in questions, Absolutely. so it's usually not a problem. First up, from Chad Isaiah Co. Thoughts on an idea. Mr. Allen's courtside seat never is being sat in again as an idea of a tribute. I like the idea. Uh, I think that it's something that I would recommend for one season. I think I think that would be a nice tribute to have... Uh, to have it kind of remain vacant for for the season after his passing permanently, I think that's a little much, uh, and and I don't expect him to do that either. I, I like the idea though. I I agree. Um, <laughs> fact of the matter is, at some point in time, you know, it's going to be someone else's decision on what to do that's with every true. seat in the arena, and uh, you know, maybe that'll be something that the some group or some person would want to do. Maybe not. Um, I but I think also too Paul Allen's legacy is that building. You know, like it's bigger than a chair. And and I agree that it's a it it's a it's a wonderful visual and I'm sure that that is probably something the team will do at least for a while if not for the entire season. But you don't have to look at that chair to be reminded of what Paul Allen has done in Portland, particularly for the Portland Trailblazers. It is it is in the entire this entire building, the Rose Quarter. All kinds of things. His influence is enormous. Not to mention, I think he would want someone to enjoy the seat. He I wants, think so too. He likes people. He wanted to share the 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 his love of basketball. Yeah, he let I, people sit in those in that seat sure. too. I mean, there there he could have very easily been like, no, no one sits in my seat, and everyone would have been like, yeah, no one's no one's touching that that GD seat. And uh, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah, because he he wants people in the building. He wants to he wants people to enjoy the game. Uh, Ronnie Stewart wants to know if we're going to do another live podcast this year. And, uh, yes, we will uh, schedule another one to do at Tough Luck uh, at some point. You can always stay tuned for those details. But in the meantime, we wanted to let you know that we have been invited and will be participating in the Portland Podcast Festival. It is uh, scheduled for our uh, podcast is scheduled for November 10th. Uh, the destination is still a little up in the air. It will either be at the Landmark Saloon or the Hawthorne Theater, uh, and the time is to to be determined as well. But we wanted to give you a, a, sh- a quick heads up on that. A little a little less than a month out, we will be um, we will be participating in that. So uh, details to come. Yeah. Next up from Chris Takita, where do the Blazers need to finish for this season to be considered a success? Well, I think it's less about where you finish and more about how you finish in the playoffs. Yeah, and and I think they need to get to the second round for for it to be. A, if it's another first round ouster, that's uh, I, I, problems are afoot. If they can get to the second round, um, and and this is all of course assuming that significant players don't miss seasons or get hurt or whatever. I think that's a, a caveat that we should always add, but. Um, this team, for where it is in its, uh, just where it is in general, I, I think this team needs to get to the second round. 
I, th- I think we've seen it uh, grow. We've seen it mature. We've seen it take lump after lump after lump. Uh, but it, although it's um, – is it the youngest team in the league or whatever? I believe they are the youngest roster in the league. Even yeah. though they're the youngest team in the league, uh, they're not the least experienced no, team in the league. And, and they're not uh, – you know, these aren't your old baby Blazers that, that we had 10, 12 years ago or even that this team had four years ago. Uh, it's time that they take the next step. And uh, they're better than being a first-round ouster. And if they're not, then there needs to be changes. So uh, I think for this season to be considered a success – they need to get to the second round. Yeah, I think in general, uh, for a season to be a success, if you're the team that didn't win the championship, you need to improve upon what you did last season. And for the Blazers, that would be winning a first-round series. So, yes, I think Portland making the playoffs and winning a first-round series would be a successful season. You would imagine they probably would need home court advantage to do that, though obviously it didn't help the last time. So, long story short, advance in the playoffs. Next up from Dan Zile. Zeal. Sorry, Dan. So many apologies for, for I know. the names. Just, I bet you're getting them right, too, by the way. I probably in that second guess myself. Uh, thoughts on all the Damian Lillard trade rumors starting yet again? As we just mentioned, I don't even think they rise to the level of rumor. They're, I, I saw something on somewhere that's saying that LeBron likes Damian, which, yeah, we, we know that. He's mentioned that before publicly. That That's not a rumor. That's, yeah, a player likes another player, and he thinks he would help their team. Yes. Uh, there are many players on the Trailblazers who know other players who feel like they would help their team, but that doesn't mean they're getting traded here. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have any thoughts. <laughs> I, I think it's just kind of like it's just what it's become in our world. Like <laughs> it's it's people want to generate clicks for something or other, and so they uh, take what someone else has said or whatever and float it, and then they add it, and then it's click after click. And I have to be completely honest, I. I don't really know where uh, who said the. I mean, we, somebody mentioned that Bill Simmons, and you mentioned that yeah, Zach Lowe had yeah. said it. So I don't. I don't know if anyone else has said it uh, or or threw any rumors out there. But for my money, rumors are when reporters or or teams get involved in in like the Kawhi Leonard is unhappy stuff. That mm-hmm. was a rumor that he was going to be wanted to be traded. Yeah, that's a rumor. Uh, a uh, Media personality, no matter how uh, quote unquote big they are, throwing out something is not a rumor. It's just like like we said, them kind of having fun. Yeah, and I, I will say this too: there are there is an opinion amongst some on the team players uh, that other places do these things just to try to mess with them. Oh yeah, there 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 is definitely that that sentiment among multiple players that there is an idea that if they can snipe at us enough that will finally relent on that. So player, players feel that a little bit. Uh, fans are feeling a little bit, too. And from, I know fans from me so. <laughs> From Ian Rump, will CJ and Dame be split up in the next two seasons? Mm, no. Assuming there's not a change uh, in uh, front office leadership, my answer is no. I can't predict if changes yeah, are there. Obviously, what, what, if yeah. particularly if there is an ownership change, who's to say? But. Yeah. As things are currently constructed, no. Next up from Khalil Saunders, which team do you think the Blazers will have the most exciting season series against this year? It's an interesting question. I don't really look at things like in those terms. But I'm just going to say the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, LeBron's there. They're a traveling circus. They'll be fun to watch. There'll be lots of eyeballs on them at all times. I think the Blazers are going to play an exciting brand of basketball. They've had uh, They've had their way with the Lakers for the last four-plus seasons. Uh, it should be more competitive. 
this year. It will absolutely be more. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the Lakers. I'm going to give you two. I will say uh, the Pelicans for obvious reasons and uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Next up from Michael Cohen's lawyer's lawyer. Not that you would know, but I've been unsuccessfully looking for a Blazers bar in Seattle. If any of the listeners have any ideas, hey, if any of you listeners in Seattle know of a place to go to watch your Blazers, find Michael Cohen's lawyer's lawyer on Twitter and let him know. Yeah, help him out. Help him out. Help or out. Help, help her out. I guess. Help him or her out in in uh, enemy territory up there in the north. Next up from Ryan Green, I have some beers riding on Mo Harkless not starting. Can you tell the other guy to pay up ahead of time? Boy, Ryan, uh, we've been down this road before during the preseason, and and it uh, ended up being a poor path to choose. But Mo Harkless today sure sounded like he was going to play tomorrow. If he plays, he's going to start. Again, we've been down this road before. Yeah. We've we've heard this song before. But uh, at this point, my money is on Mo playing tomorrow. It sure seemed like he – I mean, Mo sounded like he was going to play. Damien sounded like he felt like he thought that Mo was going to play. I, I think if Damien hadn't felt that way, he would have just punted on the question, which, by the way, uh, for you astute media followers out there um, – Pay attention to the way that Damien answers questions this year uh, and maybe compare it to the way he's done in seasons past. He There might be a little bit of a change uh, going forward. What do you mean, like an edge? No, just uh, he, he, he has said that he is planning on not kind of discussing things at the same length, particularly things that don't have to do with him and the Portland Trailblazers as he has in the past. I mean, Damien typically, you ask him a question about something in the NBA, he typically answers it. I don't know if that's going to be the case going forward. All right. Next up from Benjamin Turner. Anyone off the top of your head that you'd like to have as the next owner? I'm hearing a lot about how great Paul was, and I'm worried that it'll definitely come. It will be difficult to come close to him. Rest in peace, Paul. Uh, it will I, be difficult. It will be difficult. I don't I don't have any. Um, yeah, I don't even. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really think in those terms, and I'm not a fan, so I don't really. I can't say that I would like to have a certain someone as owner. I would like someone who is accessible, um, you know, someone who was good for the team in the city, uh, for all of you guys, because I love all of you guys. Um, but I can't really think of who who that person would be. Yeah, so, someone who's committed to to fielding a competitive team in Portland, Oregon, is what I would like to see. Next up from Eric A., would you rather have a minimum contract on a championship team or a max deal on a bad team? Now, there's some questions I have about <laughs> I the question. This was coming, yeah. Like, am I? Is this just one shot for me, or am I? You know, in, in is it a career that I have? Is it my only contract? Let's operate under the assumption that you have this one opportunity yeah. to either have a minimum contract on a championship team or a max deal on a bad team. I'm taking the max deal on a bad team, so I can cut that cheddar. Easy. I want. I want all that cheddar coming my way, especially because it's only one chance for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I think you have to answer the question through that lens. You can't be like, well, yeah. I. I'm I, at the I, end. I, of exactly. My... No. And and you know, I think it would be awesome to win an NBA championship. Uh, 
there's guys who won NBA championships who are working regular jobs now. So, no, I'm, I'm taking that max contract. Yeah, if it's up to being set for life or having a ring, I'm, I'd rather be set for life. Yeah, me too. Next up from Levi Loss, will the annual preseason shade finally stop after we win a first-round series, or will it take more than that for pundits to stop pretending like the Blazers don't exist outside of Dame and the trade piece? I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> you know, also, let's all remember that the Blazers went to the second round of the playoffs three years ago. And the next year, they had pretty high expectations that they failed to deliver on. True that. You know, we always like to hear and they always like to talk about how everybody counts them out and no one gives them a chance and they always overachieve and... There's some truth to that, but that's not universally true. And so, um, until they until they deliver, they're going to continue to be uh, viewed as a uh, as they are, which is a fringe playoff team that is a nice, fun team to watch, but has yet to prove that they can uh, take that next step. Yeah, the only and I I agree completely with all of that. The only thing I would say, and Damian talked about it today at practice, is they. They have shown themselves to be a team that gets in. Now, granted, I think some fans would be like that it's it's actually detrimental for them to have gotten on the eighth seed. I mean, like you can debate whether or not it's good for the team long term to do that. You cannot debate the fact that for the last five years they have been that team that's gotten in. They when people thought it was going to be the Timberwolves or the Nuggets or you know, who whoever, the Blazers always have ended up there for the last five years. So. That's probably not going to change that doubt. But, yeah, to to your point, Joe, too, if you don't want to be doubted, play better. You know, if you don't want to be doubted, get to the second round. Next up from Coldstone, Ativ Sustin. What kind of tribute is planned for Paul Allen? Jersey patch, pregame moment of silence? Uh, both of those things. My understanding is the Blazers will have a jersey patch that they'll wear all season. Uh, there will be a moment of silence. I believe they intend on leaving his uh, chair vacant for the majority, if not all, of the season. There'll be some type of video tribute as well. I know that a lot of fans have uh, already left flowers and, and other uh measures of condolence uh, at the Rip City sign outside the arena. So there will be a variety of things uh, on hand at uh, the opener tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I've been told that they would like to keep uh, some of the uh, tribute stuff quiet until it actually happens in arena. But uh, yeah, I think you, you, you've you hit on the, the main points there, Joe. Uh, Benji wants to know, how do you think Vulcan will affect our ability to make moves? Since they were never interested in owning the team, there is a belief that the bottom line will become top priority and paying for free agents and making trades will become even harder. I think that's a, we'll have to wait and see, you know, I mean, I, I Neil O'Shea said that he felt like if there were deals that want that were out there to be done, that they would still get done because people would want to do that for Paul, uh, which I think sounds great. And I, and I hope to be true. Um, but fact is, I mean, again, we, we don't know. And, and to have anyone say that they do know at this point, I don't, I think that's that'd be disingenuous. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, the organization and and you know anyone affiliated with it is sort of in a holding pattern right now. Absolutely, and you're sort of waiting to hear a you know who uh, who, who kind of takes over ownership of the team, who who kind of takes over the day to day operations, and if and when uh, when is the team put up for sale. If if they go that route, and then in that circumstance, uh, 
when an ownership team is put in place, then that new ownership team will decide all of that. So uh, at this point, it's the only known is that everything's unknown, I guess. Yep. And on that note, we will go. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy opening night. Yeah, Congratulations. Time, we made it yeah. to the regular season. And uh, we made it through another podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Take care. No one's ready to deal with us.